Just walk right over to this microphone. But me, uh, with Bob and Ray. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to another in our long series of public service programs presented by Dolly in particular, just a few casual sponsors who are nice people and who have nice products to sell. And that's what we're here for, to sell these nice products to you nice people. And a reasonable, and a reasonable figure, of course. Certainly. Wilson, the great Wilson is in the organ. And uh, Bill Gates, stop it, Get there, man. That's that crisp, cool November air that's gotten into our musicians. But you had me right up on the edge of the chair while I was listening to that. I'm very disappointed, Bill. I thought you weren't going to be here today. Well, how's that? He was going to play for some luncheon. Did it fall through? And they didn't have it? They wanted a good piano player, huh? So you're here. No, so we can't say that about Bill Green to be truthful. No, because he is one of the top uh, piano players in the city of Boston. He is. He's a marvelous piano player. Take a bow. Put the cameras on, Bill. Right, will you bend over and take a bow, Bill? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I didn't mean to suggest that. Oh, you can't have that microphone so close to Green. The Gray sorry. Wilson is, of course, perfection personified. He's who? I say he's perfection personified. Oh, he is? Uh, when we speak of the Gray Wilson... How long has he been suffering from that? It's not a disease, Bob. Oh. It's just uh, time. Sounds like some rare tropical disease, perfection personified. Sounds like a back injury. Little, doesn't it? it? Does, yeah. Yeah, perfection personified. Down here, doctor. Something along the Ooh, spine there. Yeah. Something like that, anyway. Something like that. We don't know just what. Big news coming up next week on this program. Great big news. Big news. News that you can't afford to miss, so be sure and listen. Terrifically tasty. Deliciously crunchy. And You'll like it. Oh, baby, will you? Yes, sir. Baby, it's Hold up, uh, We don't have that. I had that at 8 o'clock this morning, neutral. And for the first time since we've had the commercial, it's been... Br- I don't like that contract. Take it away. It was really cool. There's nothing written that. in those blank lines. That's what I don't like about it. He fills that in later. You I know. Too. So much writing there, too. So much well, whereas and therefore. Enough Balderall for now. Balderall. F-A-L-B-E. Capital S. Balderall. Oh, this wasn't the spelling. F-A. What? No, this wasn't the spelling bee. We were going to get over and... Find out what happened when that automobile ran over the cliff outside Linda's house. You mean... Right. Have it. Well, she isn't here today. The Life and Loves of Linda Lovely, written for radio by A. Carrington Luffman, starring Mark Caveno, shot as Linda, Sherman L. Sturdley as David. Yesterday we learned that Grace and Charlie, on their return from New York, had flown cross town in Riversmouth to Linda's small but attractive house. Neat but tidy. The phone rang, and Linda raced across the bearskin rug, picked the receiver up, and said into the mouthpiece, Hello. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a few hours later now, and Linda, having recovered, is seated on the divan. Oh, David, the funniest phone call this morning. Who was it, Linda? Lawyer Tucker. Lawyer Tucker? Yes, he called and said that everything was going to be grand. That we would have Skipper back in our mid again? Mid yes. again? Yes, David. And also, he said, it looks like Uncle Will's will is all ours. Uncle Will's willing to will his will to us? That's what he said. I'm so scared that I could eat old marshmallows. 
Come on, Uncle Eugene. Come on, Uncle Eugene, up there, stairs. Come on, downstairs. I'm upstairs here, eating marshmallows. Come on, downstairs. Here, I'll throw one down to you. Wonderful. You've had a bounce a little bit, I guess. But you've had them in the summer. I'll throw another one down. Get out of the way. We interrupt this program to bring you a very special bulletin. To you, Bob, this bulletin. What does it say? Stop that nonsense. Okay. When you throw a marshmallow, it makes no noise when it lands. You know that... Uh, well, I'll throw another one down, then. All right. Hey, by the way... Yes? Is Uncle Eugene down there? Your Uncle Eugene? No, I'm the other uncle, and I can't think of his name right now, either. Not Earl. Uncle... Earl? Wait a bit, Uncle Earl. Can't quite remember. Yeah, I wish not. That's all I can say. And Uncle Earl and Uncle Eugene just... Kills me. It doesn't look like much is going to happen there anyway today. Oh. I thought we might hear more about that automobile crash, but... Certainly, Bob. Luck. Tomorrow, let's read out Uncle Earl and Uncle Eugene. They're much too confusing. I, I can tolerate one of them, but I can't stand both of them. Well, they do sound a lot alike. But if we have one of them just one at a time... Well, just remember, we're giving two actors work. We're feeding two mouths. We're not really, Bob. You know that. Well, I like to think that way. Well, you, you shouldn't... I like to think that we're the most generous program in radio. You what? I like to think we're the most generous program in radio. Well, I can't think of any that's more generous. To be frank with you. It's certainly the longest 15 I mean, minutes in radio. After all, we give up our time. And uh, we have uh, wonderful products that we offer for sale. We work down our cellar every night on our offers that we send out. And uh, all these little gimmicks that we... We uh, devote freely of our time. We do. I mean, uh, we're tickled to death to be here for this half hour. And we know you're tickled to death to have us there. Or to be there and have us here. What is it you want to say, Bob? I'd like to talk now briefly about Chesterfield cigarettes before we even hear it. Wait a minute, Ray. Will I tune up my hound dog guitar, please? As you all know, more and more people are smoking nowadays. Give me an A there, Bill, please. And uh, so long as you're going to smoke... Wait a minute. Why don't you smoke Chesterfield? Try an E there. First of all, they're made... Some nice tobacco. We have a high E It's brown, it's brown kind of, and some are light brown, some are dark brown. But it's tobacco and it's good. Uh, I think I'm all set. The paper? C7th Corps. The paper is white. And uh, something nice about it. And and the printing of Chesterfield is is different. It's uh, big C. Yeah, that'll do it, I think. Big capital C and it has a flowing line. I hope none of the local announcers jump in when I do that. H-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. The Chesterfield is written along inside. I'm ready now, yep. Okay, Ray, thanks for filling that time. I'm ready to go. I'm talking. All right, go ahead and finish it up fast because i got to get out of here. Remember, friends, if you're going to smoke, smoke Chesterfield. You'll be glad for the tip. Now I'll sing, right? All right. Just a few satisfy women and men. Just a few's over and over again. Smiler, much smiler, all smokers agree. Always by just a few babies. Hello there, Mary dear. Hello. Hello, Tex, darling. I'm glad you showed up today because this is going to be a big day for the two of us. Well, yes, it is in a small sort of way. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's big a little. I see. So to speak. You don't want to clarify that anymore. That's huh? the best I can do. It's well, a big I day in a little way. Just want to say that Mary and I are close friends. Yes, we are. And I want to talk to all my dear lady listeners. Hello there. What do you want to talk about? Anything Food. Food. And uh, how to eat. Mm. Well, I think they know how to eat. Well, sure. I know that, Bob. But I mean, serving the right things and what instruments to use. So many people write in to say, is it permissible now to just... Uh, eat spaghetti any old way, just as long as you get it in your mouth. And the answer is? Definitely. 
Uh, we're getting away from that uh, wrapping it around the fork, a spoon. Well, I've Junior's noticed head. that. I've, <laughs> I've had spaghetti several Did times. Did you hear me say wrapping yes, it around Junior's head? <laughs> I've had spaghetti several times, uh, several times with Charlie uh, you, lately. You, I don't mind eating spaghetti alone, but if I have to sit opposite somebody and watch them eat watch it, me. I get so discouraged. I know it. It doesn't seem though you get anywhere with it. No, uh-uh, that's it exactly, Bob. So when I eat spaghetti, I like to have my back to the door. Mm-hmm. And just eat it alone, with mm-hmm. the wall facing me. What kind of sauce do you recommend? Uh, argyle sock sauce, of course. For spaghetti? I thought that was for the half-baked Indian I food. use it everywhere, Bob. Oh, I'm yeah. crazy about it. I'm adding olives now and cracked nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, that should make quite an interesting combination, I should think. It's nice, and uh, it, it gives it a little zip. However, of course, meatball and meatball sauce. It's still yeah. the approved that is spaghetti the, the better way. That's the way we get it every week. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You have it every week, Bob? Now I see your time is up, and thanks for coming up. You mean yeah. I can't say anything else? No, you see, we're, uh, we're, we've just received a, a memo from the uh, production department oh. saying that we can't run any feature longer than three minutes. Well, what do you mean? Because the show has got to roll I'm just up here talking to you two men. Well, I know, but... Particularly uh, Mr. Goulding, who's my favorite. He's so good-looking. He is. I oh, cut it out, Mary. He was, always does that to me. But be that as it may... And it isn't true. Him. I'm just handsome. I'm not the best-looking fella. I can think of, ooh, two or three fellas better looking. Well, Mary doesn't seem to think so. No, definitely not. I, I'd like to see Ray in the movies, Bob. Mm-hmm. He was at the movies the other night. No, I no, I him. mean... Oh, I mean out in California. Oh, I see. Making nice movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, you can make a western or something. As a matter of fact, uh, they wanted me to portray Flicker in her latest movie. What's the name of that picture? Flashy, son of Sturdy. Go home. Yes. Well, when can we look for the release of this, anyway? Well, uh, excuse me, the telephone. Hello. Yes. What's that again, please? I'm afraid I wasn't listening to the program. I'd have to guess. Uh, the mystery not Columbia, the gem of the ocean. Uh-huh. All right, thanks for calling, sir. Too bad I didn't have the right answer. Okay, well, and I'll get right to work on that. Bye. 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 He evidently didn't hear you say goodbye and hang up. Something about this phone, Bob. Whenever you hang it up, the connection doesn't necessarily go off. And we've never made any money on this telephone. We've never received a call from any of those big programs. I thought for a minute that was. I did for a minute. But it was a bill collector as it later developed. Incidentally, speaking of bill collectors, we'd like to turn to our men of music. And uh, the great Wilson is at the console. For those of you who have forgotten his first name, again, I'll repeat it. Just one. Kenneth. Kenneth, but we don't call him that anymore. He's just the great Wilson. He's either the great Wilson or K.L. Or Hey You. Yeah. And they have a wonderful old man.
Mr. Gold and his band. Well, I'm going to wash that man right out of my head. We, uh, we have declared war on the common cold up here at the Bob and Ray program because too, too many people have colds. Everyone in my family has it. My mother and father-in-law came to visit us, and they both have a cold now. We had uh, turkey for dinner last night, and the turkey came to the table sneezing. So I thought it was time. I thought it was time that we stop all this nonsense and fight the common cold. So we take it out of the Bob and Ray laboratory where they're fighting the common cold. Common cold is wearing purple trunks. Bob and Ray are wearing green trunks. Ray, Ray. Yes. How are we coming in our fight against the common cold here? Well, I don't know. Pass me that Kleenex over there, will you, please? I All think right. that, uh, we've separated... We've separated the chair. Where do I turn this machine off here? Turn it off. Boy, that machine is really rolling. I think now that we have... Wait a minute, I didn't turn it all away. Turn off the machine, please. Turn off the machine, please. Good. I think now that we... we, we well, wait, wait a minute. Separated the common cold disease. Now we can go, we can fight. Now we got it separated. What are we going to... I... I'll tell you what I think. We've been fighting this competition <laughs> for six weeks now. Huh? Now. That's right. And we haven't proceeded very far, have we? I don't have any suggestions either. No, I don't either. I think that uh, the only way to fight a cold would be to, uh, to separate the thing and, and see what would kill it. That would be to keep away from the cold germs once we do separate. The only way that we can kill this cold germ is step on it. And uh, we certainly can't walk around this whole world stepping on cold germs, so we're going to have to uh, ask everyone to pitch in and oh, out. We could get out of here fast and step on it. So if you ever see a cold germ, <laughs> there's one over there. Step on it. He's a creepy little thing. The only way we can fight and lick this thing. Right. Thank you. Good night. We think he's okay down here. That's part of our broadcast. Came to you from Harvard. That was our technical forum for this afternoon. It's one sixteen. The script was written by President Coder. Just a few seconds. Our other stations will join us along the line. One moment, please. No, I don't like that one moment, please. When I like get on the radio, when they say one moment, please, I always say, no, I will not wait. That's I, always do. I always, no, I don't. I get up and walk out. And I, come <laughs> up, I wait till something is coming out. I just never just say, settle back and say, well, okay, if things have gone wrong, I'll sit with you and wait. No, sir. We'll continue our program... In just a few seconds. One moment, please. No, I never, I never do. Our lines are down, west of Denver. I haven't heard that for so long. No, or, or I haven't heard one of those things where they have trouble and they cut in on some phone conversation in the middle of a program. Those no. are always fun. Those are fun and sometimes disastrous. They are, okay. Uh, but I haven't heard that west of Denver phrase for so long. I wonder if there's anything west of Denver anymore. Not any lines, evidently. I don't know how they get the radio uh, programs from Hollywood Zoo, Denver. Maybe they fly them over. You can't tell. Well, putting them on tape. That's what they're doing. They might tape them. That's what they're doing. They're putting them on tape and flying them to Denver, Mm -hmm. where they're transmitted to the rest of lucky America. I see our English band leader is with us again today. I didn't realize he was here. I'll go over and get him. Yes, you. Oh, Bob. Oh, no, that's Webley. You talking to me? No, I wasn't, Webley, but I'm glad to see you. I'm a band leader, but... Hey, what's all this? Uh, what's this? All, all this I hear about well, wanting Ray and me in true. Canton next February. What? They want Ray and myself in Canton next February. You know anything about? They haven't consulted me, and I'm your representative. The Canton Civic Association. They know me as the Bob and Ray representative. It's funny they didn't call me. Well, well I thought place. they would because you're down there all the time. All the time, Bob. Well, Ray you heard that. Sure do. Huh? <laughs> Oh, it's funny they didn't. They checked with us first. What then? They checked with us first on this thing. What they say, Bob? They say who they was? Yeah, they said they were the Canton Civic Association. I think. Don't believe them. I'm the Canton Civic Association. Oh, I, 
They don't want to want. I admit. They, they uh, seem to be legitimate. Everything is cleared with me. If somebody called you and said they were the Canton Civic Association, chances are they were calling from Dover Fox Cross name. I don't see. believe them. Well, they may have they may Thank have been a good night. Boy, you've really I got out right. that, that made me laugh. You got out of the way back and Ray Hobbs. Okay. Didn't have much luck with corn. <laughs> okay, well... That was a little joke, you hear? Sure. You you hear? Say, I'll say it again. again. I said, go back and raise Hobbs. Right. I didn't have much luck with corn. Okay. <laughs> you did hear it the first time. I heard it too, but we so long. Yeah, your bicycle was right outside. Good luck, see. But anyway, you want to introduce uh, Cyril Hardy? Yes, right. Uh, we've gone to practically no expense at all. In fact, we didn't even spend anything to present... This afternoon's guest. Sir Cyril Hardy, the uh, well-known British band leader who has returned to America by, by very popular demand of the British. <laughs> and uh, he's here today to tell us just what he's doing in America and how he well, got away with it. Uh, we are uh, over there uh, uh, working on a, on a, new, uh, a new thing in music. Uh, something which I believe uh, has a, a field which could be popular over here if you catch on to it. Yes, I was talking uh, uh, with Sir Basil Bathbone just this morning. Right, Sir Basil has been very, very helpful in, in this uh, particular work that we're doing. I see, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, arranged uh, music somewhat differently. We've taken the old standbys, like brown bird singing, uh, and a few of I your think. current favorites, like Darling Nellie Gray. Dear Barrel Polka. Right, and we've worked them up into some really terrific arrangements. Well, well, just what is it you're trying to do? I mean, have you completely eliminated the piano from your band? The piano is secondary to our music, you know, work. Certainly. However, I see more and more bands are eliminating the piano. Right, just the other day I heard that John Philip Sousa has eliminated the band, the piano completely from his band. The band would have been a good idea, anymore. (laughs) Now, in our particular work, we're trying to score for oboe. Uh-huh. Third act, French mm-hmm. horn. Incidentally, Francis score, oboe 14, clarinet 2. And bassoon. Oh, I, dare you. I wasn't... You speak I wasn't, to me like that. Remember, you're a guest. I wasn't you being... You can't keep a civil tongue in your head. You I wasn't being wait. personal about it. I wasn't looking at you at all. Oh. At all. I like that. Well, I wasn't I looking at you at all. Well, anyway, to go on with my story, back in 1909, uh, we conceived the idea of presenting music of this sort. Mm-hmm. And we worked on it. We presented it to the people of Britain just a short uh, time ago. Question, sir. Uh, sir Cyril, uh, is it true that you're trying to paint pictures with your... We music? try to paint the pretty pictures, yes. Uh, I understand. Well, we try to make tone poems. Uh, I see. Well, you've been, of course, you were born and brought up in England. Uh, no, uh, it's a funny thing. I wasn't. Oh, you you, you, you weren't there? <laughs> no. Born in England. And very few people know this. <clears throat> Smoking those English cigarettes. <laughs> very few people know... Uh, that I uh, was actually born right here. Come down and get you something. Glass of formaldehyde. <laughs> right. I was born right here in the States, as a matter of fact. You mean in America? That's right. Look, we're in New York. Is that right? Oh, zero. Uh, and, what do you know uh, about that? We've spent some very pleasant times here, too, before right. leaving for England. I where we've been uh, very serious in this music work. Well, uh... Of course, you, what did you go when you were a child? That you no. know, happy years. Or... No, very few people know that uh, too. Uh, as I say, I was born in Brooklyn. I uh, left there. I believe it was October eighth, uh-huh. and we hit uh, hit out for England from Brooklyn at that time. Uh, Prior to that time, I, I had know. never been in the British Isles. Sure, at all. October eighth. Uh, October eighth. When? This year. Just about uh, oh, a little over a month ago. 
Officer. And we presented our music to the people over there. Cyril, I think you've been wonderful to come and give him they your time. They seem to enjoy it quite a bit, and I hope to introduce it to my friends here in America. Oh, quite get soon. lost. You're a phony. As we're looking on... He finally remembered it. On people, he's walking through... I was climbing up the ring. No. the big top. No, you weren't. People is walking through the Casbah in search of his missing friend, Popeye. I wonder where Popeye is. I wonder if he knows Pipol is looking for Popeye. Oh, Popeye. I'll call out to him. Maybe he will answer me. Here, I'll speak to this vendor over here. Oh, vendor. Yes? Wait a minute. Vendors don't talk. Oh. How do I get a pot like that? <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll speak to this man sitting on the curb stone here. I say, I say. You say what? <laughs> I'll give you your cue again. I'll move over here and speak to this man sitting on the curb. I say. How do you do <laughs> I'd better move along here, I think, in search of Poppy. Here I am, Paul. Oh, Poppy, it is me, Paul. Hi, Poppy. I'm your old friend, Bobby. Bobby, see, Paul. Don't tell uh, it. I remember you. Call me Steve. I remember you from the old days here in the Casbah, but oh, times have changed. Oh, Paul, it's so good to see you. Hey. No more do you see Charlie Boyer. No, I'm out of that camel rustling racket. No. <laughs> no more do you see Tony Martin. Huh? I say no more do you see Tony Martin. No, I thought. Nowadays, you just go up to people who are complete strangers and say hello, and they say... Sizzling steak sounds appetizing, but better still, <laughs> a full-pound steak, juicy steak. Well, I guess I'd better be going. I see you've got something else to do here. We have a commercial now. Thanks, Popey, or people. Give my regards to the, all four of you. Pip, pip. <laughs> Sizzling steak sounds appetizing, doesn't it? But better still, a full pound thick, juicy sizzling sirloin steak just makes your mouth water. And uh, you'd be surprised how much money the Park Lane saves on water in the course of a year. The Park Lane will stake its reputation on these full pounds... Hey, that's a unique play on words there, friends. They're staking their reputation on their stake. I wanted to make that clear. Well, the listeners could gather that. Oh, oh, you didn't have to make footnotes for radio listeners, you know. Well, I thought it would add something. They'd never done that before. Some of them are a little more brilliant than you. Oh, now, wait a minute. Oh, wait. I guess I'm a little rocky there. That couldn't be possible. You're going a little far, aren't you? The park... Well, I'm only going out as far as Denmore Square. Well, I'll get off the speaking show. The park lane will stake its reputation on these full-pound sizzling sirloin steaks. You won't find better at any price, yet the cost including French fries, vegetables, rolls, and butter... And the service of a waiter. Tress. Waitress, yeah. ...is only two dollars. The Park Lane has become a rendezvous for folks who enjoy good eating. <laughs> Conveniently located at 214 Boylston Street, across from the public garden, it's handy to stop in for cocktails. Then a delicious dinner, a choice of chicken, chops, lobster, peanut butter, or if preferred, steak. Soft music and pleasant atmosphere. Beautiful soft music. I sound a stall? Yeah. Thanks. Man, I could sit and eat a steak here forever. Peaceful and quiet. 
Hey, young men, take take the young lady of your heart to the beautiful Park Lane. She'll marry you. Oh, we don't guarantee that. Sizzling steaks, please, the palate at the Park Lane. But don't forget it, friends, when you want a steak, the best that can be bought anywhere east of Kansas City, stop in, and I think probably west what of you Kansas you want to City. go right out to the stockyards yourself? If you want to go right out there and cut up your own steak. All right. Then you'll have to settle and believe me, it's nice settling for the beautiful two pound or two dollar one pound the sizzling the park lane. Grilled it toasted. And remember, this is convenient for you swan boat riders. Right across from the public car. Incidentally, nothing is convenient for you swan boat riders. The water is out of there. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> That'll be a rough trip anyway. Certainly will, and you better have some strong oarmen. <laughs> but be that as it may, friends. Uh, it, it brings very, very clear to my mind it that it's very time vivid. now for the world to stand, united. And it's even more vivid when viewed in natural colors. So if if I can leave you with any thought at all today, it's to keep thinking, for goodness sake. Keep don't, your brain alive. Don't, don't stop sake. thinking. Keep, keep alert and uh, watch the things. So with our theme on the banks of the Wabash, we say goodbye again from the Twin Cities, Boston. <laughs> the great Wilson was again at the organ. And, uh... Tomorrow, Mr. Wilson will be shot from a cannon at high noon. Billy Green is at the piano playing like he can never play. Tomorrow, Mr. Green will be shot at high noon. Good. A public subscription <laughs> to that. Charlie Burgoyne, of course, was our grand and personable uh, engineer. Caution. Any other program called Bob and Ray is not this one. Also, caution... See you dentist twice a year, particularly if you are from loose. This is a radio station located in Boston, one of the county seats. Oh, sure, WHPH in Boston. So what's new about that?